This is the RunPod Option. I'm Marty. I'm Kyle. I'm Jeff. At RunPod Option on Twitter, RunPodOption at gmail.com. We had the last week of the regular season, and gentlemen, what a weekend it was. What a fun weekend. What a great, what a good weekend, don't you think? It's a pretty good little weekend. Good little weekend. I blacked out at 2 (laughs) o'clock. Yeah, I don't remember anything after about 2.30 Eastern, so I don't... Was it because you were blackout drunk or blackout with rage? (laughs) It was a combination of the two. Okay, so let's get started there. We have the Ohio State Buckeyes beating the Michigan Wolverines 56-27 to in the big house. The game, or as Ohio State would put it, the get-e. The practice game. <laughs> Interesting stat before you start, Jeff. Did you know that the Buckeyes have scored at least two touchdowns in the last seven consecutive quarters against Michigan? I did know that. I also found out that Aside from Rutgers, Michigan has given up the most points to Ohio State in the last two years. So. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You, oh. you guys are on par with Rutgers. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Come on down, Shiano. Let's do this thing. <laughs> Him and Harbaugh together. See what happens. Uh, so you, you have the most educated opinion on, on Michigan football between the three of us, like handedly, right? And probably Big Ten football as a whole. Yeah. Can I tell you the two points that I really took away from that game? One, Shea Patterson loves to throw a hospital ball right across the field. Like, loves <laughs> sacrificing his receiver's bodies. Two, Jim Harbaugh loves himself a field goal when he should be going for a touchdown. He does. And that's that's pretty much the only analysis I have because it was after midway through the third quarter, it was not much of a game at all. So you can pick up where I left off if you'd like. Yeah, I think, I mean, you covered kind of the big points. They drove down the field. Michigan scored, actually, on their first drive and looked really good. And then Ohio State scored. Looked it looked great. Like, it was like, all right, cool. Like, we're going to get into kind of like a shootout, but let's do this. And then, like you said, um, they turned it over in Ohio State's territory and then kicked that field goal when they were down two scores. And from there, just it got out of control. Like, mistakes, penalties, turnovers. Ohio State's too good. And they played too clean. Like, I don't – aside from a few penalties, they played almost a perfect game, so – you, just, you can't beat them when they're like that. I heard an analyst talk about it, and he said that the t- with the talent discrepancy between the two teams, and, and let's be real, between Ohio State and 127 other teams, mm-hmm. to have a chance, you have to be perfect and then some. Yep. And Michigan started almost perfect. Like, they couldn't stop them, really. But the way their offense was clicking, it was there. And then the minute that Shea Patterson fumbled that snap. It was yeah. like blood in the water, sharks attacking. Ohio State jumped on him like piranhas on a hot dog. And piranhas famously love hot dogs. Love them. It pretty much sums up the game. I mean, it was another domination by Ohio State. Justin Fields apparently had a sprained MCL, and he got hurt, put a knee brace on, then came back in and threw a 50-yard touchdown pass. Like, that's that just summed it up at that point. So. <laughs> That's what you're dealing with. Yeah, and not only like, like any touchdown pass, like under pressure, rolled out to the corner. left. Yeah, <laughs> playing just a beautiful feet. throw. I mean, I was super impressed. I I kind of I hadn't watched him a ton this year playing in that offense. I wasn't sure how much of it was him and just being on a loaded roster. But he's he is really good and he's a really accurate passer. So I was impressed. 
He had a great game. There was an interesting stat about Ohio State coming into this game and then also heading into next week. Buckeyes have played four teams that are going to be in the conference championship game or going to be playing this conference championship weekend. Wisconsin, Florida, Atlantic, Cincinnati, and Miami of Ohio, which is just, it's just kind of odd. Oddly enough, did they beat Wisconsin like the second biggest out of that group? <laughs> like hammer Wisconsin. Did Wisconsin score like three three points? It was bad, and they're going to have a rematch here in a little bit. And in fact, we can go ahead and just kind of make that pick now because I can give you guys the odds, and we'll kind of pepper throughout this episode our picks. Does that sound like a plan? Wow, we're calling okay. it audible right so here. So Wisconsin went to Ohio State and lost thirty-eight to seven. Ooh. This Ooh. week, Ohio State and Wisconsin play again, but. Ohio State are 16 and a half point favorites. I think I've got, God, I know Wisconsin's going to be coming off. They come off, they came off a really good performance, hammering Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I think Ohio State wins by 24 or more. So I'm going to pick the Buckeyes. I'm going to pick the Buckeyes too. We've just kind of said it. They're the strongest team in the country. They're terrifying, especially up in the Big Ten. I mean, it's, Unless they somehow knock Justin Fields out, which I mean, is possibly be be yeah. an issue. If he's um, hurt. Yeah, I I just don't see Wisconsin putting up enough points to to even contend in this mat in this matchup. Agreed. Ohio State has a I'd say pretty solid defense and defensive line. Um, they'll slow Taylor down. I think I don't think he'll be as bad as he was the first time, but yeah, Ohio State wins by twenty one. It's not going to be close. Yeah, and I think it should be noted, too, that, that Shea Patterson looked pretty great that first half, minus the, the turnover. Mm-hmm. But it was also against an Ohio State team that I don't know why they were playing four linebackers. Was it, I think, one of their cornerbacks might have been suspended for the first half or just like the team withheld them for the first half because of something. Maybe, I, I don't know. I don't know what it was. But once they got to full strength. I think it was probably because. You know, it was a game that they knew they could kind of experiment with with some stuff. Uh, <laughs> they knew they were going to run oh. Michigan off the field. Yeah, it was a pre it was a preseason type match where you get everybody a bunch of reps and you just even Chug got them some throws in there. You, you, you yeah. throw you throw some shit against the wall and see what sticks. Cool. So before we move on, mainly to the Iron Bowl because that's one of the other huge games that happened this week. Uh, I guess there was there were many games that were big that happened this week, but I wanted to kind of cover. Uh, I put it in our notes, but some teams that won 10 games. And just kind of a shout-out to them. Florida beat Florida State. Eh. They're 10 years. Uh, 10 years. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> they had 10 wins, uh, 10 wins this year. Second time in both of Mullen's years there. I feel like almost quietly. Once they yeah, got just... out of the East contention, it was kind of like, okay, well, they're not going to win the East, so we'll stop talking about them. Yeah, I was just about to say, this is a very quiet, almost underwhelming feeling, 10 wins. Yeah. Just, Which like, is crazy oh, that happened. they almost immediately lost their starting quarterback. And then to still reach 10 wins is something. Yeah. SMU, 10 wins. Yeah, baby. Pony up. Notre Dame, 10 wins. After they wow. beat Stanford this week, last three seasons, Brian Kelly's won 10 games or more. That includes the obvious playoff berth and elimination last season. I'm sorry. That's the most. Uh, that's the most underwhelming. Ten wins. It was yeah, twelve wins that year too. I think. No, but Wouldn't this it? this year, ten their wins. Schedule, their schedule this year was awful. I mean, other than Michigan and 
what eight win USC and Georgia. I mean, Michigan. Right? They a, lost. Well, Michigan's a middle of the road Big Ten team, so. <laughs> It's almost like our, our guest host, Corwin, is here to just hang in Michigan. <laughs> hey, I'm coming off a win right now. I'm yeah, they, they, <laughs> lost, they, lost, they lost against – they lost to Michigan. They lost to Georgia. And they beat the likes of Virginia. It's a good win. Virginia yeah. Tech, that's an okay win. Yeah. Navy, that's a good win. Yeah, and that's about better it. Than, yeah. I mean, but they, they barely got by – Virginia Tech without a lucky call, and then I'm I didn't realize how bad Stanford was this year, but they obliterated Stanford this weekend, which was surprising. And they played with their food a little bit too. I think it was yeah. closer early on, and then they just took off once yeah. the offense caught fire. Well, I guess what I'm saying is that we just haven't talked about them because they've just been kind of off the national radar, which is a good bit to me. Honestly. No, I'm happy about it. It's almost like they're just they're in that. That what's a good way to say it? They're in dependent. <laughs> They're independent is correct, Kyle. <laughs> They're, They're in they're in the blind spot at like a top fifteen to thirty team, mm-hmm. and there's nothing particularly flashy about them. Ian Book is a top thirty quarterback. Like they're just kind of a top thirty squad that doesn't have a lot of flair, except for Brian Kelly's red face. <laughs> and also don't have much to fight for because they're not in a conference. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's another part. They're just instead they're just kind of picking and choosing which ACC games they're going to play. Exactly. So unless unless they're in the national championship picture, no one cares. At least I don't care. Another quiet season was Air Force's ten and two finish. We respect the troops here at Run Pot Option. They only Diet. lost to Navy and Boise State. So they've had a pretty – I mean, I don't think they've played a lot of really, like, banging teams, but that's a really good season. Yeah. That's, that's a great I season mean, for a service academy. Yeah. And considering considering it's going to be them, Navy's at nine wins with a chance, I think, to go to ten when they play Army. Mm-hmm. So there's a chance you have Air Force and Navy, and I haven't checked to see uh, what record the Merchant Marines have this year. Because they might have, have you a checked chance. the Citadel? Ooh, you know what? Uh, yeah, I don't think the, they have one over Georgia Tech. Let's oh, see God. what the Citadel did. Let's just check the rest of our troops. This is a parade result that I just clicked on. <laughs> so we're not even going to go any further because it's not giving me a football. Uh, <laughs> the parade result. Uh, if y'all could name me, if y'all could go ahead and name me the conference that they're in, that'd be great. The Citadel? Are they in the Big South? I am not seeing them in the Big South. We know they're not in the Big Sky. God, this is... Oh, they're in SoCon. Duh. The mighty SoCon. <laughs> yeah, come on. They are 6-6, six and six, so no, we're going to go ahead and skip coverage for the Citadel. What about VMI? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to dig for VMI. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think VMI got like absolutely wrecked by Army, and Army's not great this year. Can we get Air Force versus Navy in the Armed Forces Bowl? That'd be too perfect. I do feel like Navy should have an auto bid to the Hawaii Bowl, though. Oh. Don't you? Uh, sure. It wasn't a Pearl Harbor joke. I just thought, like, you have to go through a lot of ocean there. Go through ocean is the way I'm going <laughs> to word that. All right, so another big game. Louisiana held off a 16-point second-half effort by Louisiana Monroe. Louisiana Monroe lined up for the field goal at the end. They missed. 
Louisiana, first 10-win season. Okay, now we'll talk about the Iron Bowl. <laughs> I had this game on my third screen because I figured, since it really didn't matter, even though technically Alabama, their playoff chances were still alive, I didn't think I'd have to pay much attention to it. And I was quickly proven wrong. Alabama loses to Auburn 48-45. to This game was batshit. You just love to see it. When Alabama beats Auburn, it seems like it's really boring. And then when Auburn beats Alabama, <laughs> it is crazy. like a couch on fire rolling down a hill. <laughs> Mac Jones played great. He threw two pick sixes, which ended up being <laughs> definitely the difference. Including a 100-yard pick six. A well, 100-yard pick six that bounced off the running back's butt. Yeah. Like <laughs> very Michigan-esque. I just love the statement of, Mac Jones played great. He threw two pick sixes. It was the first one was his fault. I'll say that that was definitely him. The second one, he did his best. The running back didn't turn his head. And for the ball to take a bounce off off someone's rear end and just land perfectly in the defensive back, which tells you that the defensive back was burnt like he was done. (laughs) Whether it was a linebacker, it was definitely a defensive back because of how fast he ran. I say that Auburn's fast as shit, but for it to land promptly into his hands means that dude was not going to catch that. Like he was not going to make a play. Now, since it came off his off his butt, does that make it the shit six? Uh. <laughs> Are you done? <laughs> Never. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to go obvious, like butt fumble to butt pick. But but shit <laughs> nobody, six. Nobody needs a butt pick, man. No shit six is is uh is truly is is might be the better one. You know what I did notice, and feel free to talk about this game, guys, while I'm looking this up. So I caught bits and pieces of this because I was out for my birthday, and uh, I was birthday. actually oh thank you. We were watching actually. I was watching it with another Alabama fan, and I just kept on asking her, "What's going on? Why? Are, what? What is happening? Can you explain why this is happening?" <laughs> She was not happy with me. Okay, what I was going to say, the first pick six by Auburn, their defensive back, I'll be honest, so I feel like my thing with college football and what I'm awful about is getting names down. Like, I am I am dog shit with names. I can watch, like, an Ohio State game, and I can see the last name of their best cornerback, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy, he's ace. And then I'll see him the rest of the game. And then as soon as that game's over, it just, like, washes out from me. He turns into CB number 25. Yeah, basically. He, he turns into an, yeah, he turns into the default rosters for NCAA football. He just, like, it just immediately <laughs> goes to the number. The first pick six that Mac Jones threw was caught and returned by Smoke Monday. Heck, yeah. The defensive back for Auburn, which is truly a blessed name. That's a wonderful name. Yeah, and it was Zacoby McClain that took it off of Najee Harris's butt and returned it to 100 yards. <laughs> Does Auburn have the best names? They have they have Chatartavius Whitlow, Sean Shivers. Ooh, go ahead, go ahead and give that one another shot. What was that? <laughs> it looks like Jartavius Whitlow. Sorry, <laughs> my bad. they have a receiver, Sal Canella. Sounds like Salmonella. <laughs> and they've got this simple quarterback name of Bo Nix. There's uh, a senior yeah. wide receiver named Pace Osment. 
John Samuel Schinker. Eli Stove. <laughs> just great. Very hardy names. Phelps Gamble. Yeah, what is going on down there? Brodarius Ham. Did you say that yet? Brodarius Ham! That's, <laughs> oh, that's or so Prince great. Michael Salmons. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> uh, ooh, there's another prince. Prince Tiga Wanago. Okay. Truesdell. Daquan Newkirk. Ooh, here you go. Noah Ibnogahe. There you go. <laughs> oh, you nailed it. I um, think you did. There's a Jacob Vana Schinbach. What? <laughs> I nailed, dude! I nailed that for a first try. Is that I'm a, honestly, is that a kicker? No, it's a linebacker. It's a linebacker, and I guarantee he has like washboard shoulder pads. He <laughs> got the Brian Cox like yeah. neck neck uh, <laughs> neck plate that's up there. Aaron Sipos. All right. Oh, there's a big cat Bryant. How did no one see big cat Bryant? What is going on down there? There's I, a bunch of professional there. wrestlers. It's wonderful. Did you say Jacob, Jacob Quattlebum? <laughs> I didn't see that one. Okay, yeah, that's this is all from the College Football Reference 2019 roster, so there may have been cuts since then, but Jacob, <laughs> cuts. Uh, Jacob Quattlebaum is a long snapper, which is just too perfect. So let's get back to the game. Key moment, Alabama's down three. Two minutes left, Alabama misses a 30-yard field goal. Quick side note, please don't tweet at kickers when they miss. Like don't like don't do that. Don't tweet at football players when they mess up. Like that's so that is so dumb. And I guarantee that dude got death threats through the mail. That is so dumb. It's, that's ridiculous. Interesting fact, since 2007 when Nick Saban took over, Alabama has missed 101 field goals, the most <laughs> oh, in the FBS in that same time frame, and they lead the <laughs> next team by eight missed field goals. Which That's because hard. half of their games they've got, you know, they've got their water boy in there kicking because they've taken everybody out of the game. Do you think it's multiple kickers that's the issue? It's not like no, maybe how Nick, Saban, how Nick Saban handles people for making any kind of mistake and maybe kickers having the most pressure on them and knowing that, might that Nick Saban's to likely going to give them like eight lashes if they miss it. <laughs> You see him just taking off his belt on the sideline. You know what? Nick Saban is the coaching equivalent of your dad undoing his belt, and you know you're <laughs> going to get your ass whooped. Oh no, the gosh. kicker comes over, and he just he doesn't even like start talking to him. He just points to the locker room because he's got to go and find a switch. <laughs> Makes him pick his own weapon. Mm-hmm. And if it's not thick enough, he sends him back out. It's always a kettlebell. <laughs> Did we see the comments from Nick Saban after this game? And I haven't talked about the play yet that he was referencing, but he was complaining. I don't think he said these words. I, I'm, I'm putting words in his mouth here. But him kind of calling Auburn Bush League and how they ended up winning the game later on. <laughs> Didn't see that. I heard he was complaining about officiating. but Okay, so one of the officiating points was, and I don't think it's, it's it may be a valid one, Auburn uh, went down at the end of the first half. And when they went down on the ground, it looked like time expired. They reviewed it. It honestly, to me, didn't look like there was a second left. They give them another second. They score a field goal. And they see that they lose by three. The other one was after they missed that field goal, they forced Auburn to a fourth down. And it was fourth and four. And they decide, Auburn, to look and leave their offense out on the field. Except they're in the punt formation. 
So you've got your shield blockers as Bo Nix on the left side, and honestly, I don't know, I don't know who was next to him. I wasn't paying probably attention. Probably Quaddlebum. Probably Quaddlebum. He was definitely out there, like almost no doubt. But they put the punter out there too. So when Alabama sees the punter come out, they send their punt return unit, right? Like any normal team would do. Well, Auburn mm-hmm. puts the punter at wide receiver. They look like they can snap the ball still and maybe call a different play, but it confused Alabama to eventually make an illegal substitution and it cost them the game and awarded Auburn a first down. That's why Nick Saban was upset. Because he got outcoached in that moment. Yeah, and especially because when it happened, when the whistle blew and the flag came out, Bo Nix started pumping his fists and laughing and smiling at Malzahn, who was also laughing and smiling because they knew they just got his ass. Well, okay, so that's just Saban being a a whiny baby about the fact that he got outcoached in a blood feud of a a rivalry and you know he's got he's got egg on his face at that point so that's the only reason it was bush leagues because he got out outsmarted what's crazy is i felt like he did out coach auburn thoroughly like alabama was absolutely the better team out there and again, those two pick sixes. Like when you make yeah, pick sixes are equalizers, man. <laughs> yeah, big time. But for them to have, they had so they had three offensive touchdowns. Not taking that away from them. That's big. That's still great. Even against what we know now is is a weaker Alabama defense than historically they have been. Mm-hmm. But they held them to three field goals and three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That's thirty. That's that's thirty points. Like yeah. that's good. Especially when you consider how they were scoring, Alabama that is, how well they were scoring, even with Mac Jones in, and those two pick sixes, man. It is unbelievable the difference they made. It's just the most saving thing ever to not sit there and say, hey, you know, we made a couple of mistakes. and No, we're going we're gonna to key in on the fact that they ran a trick play and it fooled you a little bit. <laughs> it, it, is, it is a really slick, it is a really slick play call, and... It's this is less than a week removed than Nick Saban. I believe it was Nick Saban. It might have been Bill Belichick. But did you see the note about them discussing how they keep an eye on the opposing coach for a special teams play? And it can tip them off to whether or not it's a fake or not. It was Urban Meyer, wasn't it? Was it Urban Meyer? Okay. Belichick does it too. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was Urban Meyer speaking on it after Belichick mentioned it. Something along those lines. Either way, for that to come up and for this to be the week that Auburn decided, you know what, cool, we're going to show them punt and then we're going to line them up a wide receiver. <laughs> Just, no it was doubt. because Saban was too busy still laying into his kicker for missing the, missing the kick. He didn't have his eye on that uh, <laughs> on that special teams coach. Yeah, it's t- yeah. He was he was too busy placing the. Uh, <laughs> The ball gag in the kicker's mouth as he's about to whip his ass more on the sidelines. And he, and he overlooked the special teams. Uh, he's doing the windmill with two kettlebells. Just- uh, we're going to go straight to another sour coach. Washington State lost their seventh straight Apple Cup to Washington. Side note, we will get to the Peterson stepping down and Washington job in a later episode, probably next week for you guys. And in general, 
the coaching hires we're kind of pushing over to next week. We're doing one big episode for this one to get ready for conference championships, and then we'll kind of get there. So, Mike Leach, pretty sour, sour pickles after losing the <laughs> Apple Cup. He called the reporter a sanctimonious oh, troll. <laughs> oh, God. There's the audio. Okay, so Leach called the reporter a sanctimonious troll and instructed him to, quote, live your meager life in your little hole, unquote. <laughs> So, Kyle, as the sanctimonious troll of this podcast. I'm glad that my family just grew by one. (laughs) Welcome, Mike Leach. And that that reporter, because he's also a sanctimonious troll, apparently. Uh, This was a bad uh year for Washington, and it wasn't a great year for Washington State either. It was bad for both. Yeah, it it was truly, this is what either team had their season on, similar to the Ole Miss-Mississippi State game, where this is kind of what you're playing for at the end. And Mike Leach uh, yelling at the reporter was the uh, was the urination, <laughs> urination celebration of this game. Yeah, I think, and I obviously have a little bias because of the Texas Tech and enjoying watching those teams for a long time. And also seeing how he was done pretty dirty by Texas Tech at large because of the whole Craig James, Adam James mess. But I think it's it's a fact that he's not a great person to be around most of the time, right? Like, I don't ever get the impression that he's fun to be around. He's quirky and weird, but, like, not in the fun, lovable, like, maybe it's a spinoff of the show Friends. I didn't watch Friends, but it's some weird, quirky guy from Friends. Or it's like Kramer in Seinfeld. He's not like fun weird. He's interesting weird and he's funny weird, but I think he's genuinely like an asshole. Well, to be fair, Kramer uh, did say some questionable things on stage one time. Oh, oh my God. I forgot about that. <laughs> so maybe he is. <laughs> Do you think that Washington State at some point is going to say they've had enough between this and between the the two or three times this season that Mike Leach has thrown his team and his players under the bus? I don't know. The highs have been super high with him. Last year was a great time. Great time to be alive up there. But I I don't know. I, I think he's going to have to really rub the university the wrong way. And I don't know if he's done that yet. Do you think losing seven straight to Washington would sour Washington State in what has been a program before Leach got there that really did struggle. Yeah. See, that's the thing is I just, I don't know if, I don't know if the lows are so low right now that they remember what they used to go through. I mean, if he's at Michigan, he's done by now. They're used to success. Especially if the success is, yeah, a one-to-one. Jeff, do you think that antics like this either cost him a job somewhere else or cost him his Washington state job? Or do you think it's more of, leaning into what Lake at Washington said about the fact that he hasn't changed anything. I I don't think, I mean, I think he's going to get a pretty long leash because other than this year, they've won nine, eight, nine and 11 games the last four years. So he's elevated them back to a place they haven't been for a long time. Plus he's 58 years old. I think this is his last job unless he goes, you know, somewhere lower in a couple of years. I think he'll, He'll probably piss them off for a few more years, and then they'll cut cut ties with him. Because you're right. I mean, you can't imagine if three years from now we're talking about him 
you know, having lost his 10th straight game to Washington, like eventually the um, university is going to sour on that. So, but I think, I think he'll still have a few more years. Yeah. Last P five job. I think I agree for sure. I could see him getting, I could see him being fine with being a coordinator somewhere down the road. If, if he's fine, someone that can put up with them as a staff member. Yeah. You watched how new he's, he was coaching to what last year? Like he was at like a swag school or something. Yeah, Hal Hal Mummy's been floated around everywhere from like the <laughs> AAF to the XFL to SMU to he's he's made the rounds and they come from the exact same tree and even Hal Mummy's still on that side hustle. Tell you what, that that running back that they have is real fun. Borgie? Yeah. Borgie? Yeah, he's a blast, dude. He is yeah. He's a poor man's uh, Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> and you know what 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 doesn't scare me about him. I think he's going to be in. He's going to end up being great in the pros. He should be getting ten more balls a game. He really is special. But as it is with Mike Leach and his system, he can have one of the best running backs in the country or a top twenty back, and it doesn't really matter. And you know the guy can block because he's out there most of the time too. Yeah. No, I think he's going to be a wonderful addition to some team that is going to use him in like that Danny Woodhead. Yep. kind of kind of role. I think he's a poor man, Christian Christian McCaffrey, because McCaffrey can lower his lower his shoulder. And he can run between the tackles. He's great value, McCaffrey. He's like a yes. Polish McCaffrey. Polish McCaffrey. <laughs> <laughs> he's a pierogi. <laughs> Utah, Oklahoma, and Baylor won to keep their playoff chances alive. Alabama, as the aforementioned, they fall out of the playoff race currently. The one thing I've got, instead of totally debating like who we think that fourth spot should go to, right? we're going to assume that Georgia loses. If Georgia wins, no matter what, it's Georgia, LSU, Ohio State, Clemson. Yep. I yeah. think we all agree. Yep. Mm-hmm. So assuming Georgia loses and assuming that Utah and Oklahoma win, who do we think had the better loss? Did Utah have a better loss at USC, who finished 8-4, and four, or does Oklahoma have the better loss at Kansas State, who finished eight and four? Ooh, both of those games are on the road, right? Both of the games are on the road, and there's two injuries to keep in mind. C.D. Lamb didn't play for Oklahoma, and Zach Moss got hurt early against USC, who's Utah's top running back, and really the guy that balances out that entire offense. Um. Other thing to keep in mind, USC was playing a third-string quarterback, and I think his second start, maybe. Maybe his first start. I honestly can't remember. I want to say that probably Oklahoma does, and I think that, honestly, if it came down to those two teams, I could see Oklahoma getting in strictly on name recognition because I think they have very similar resumes. Uh, but I do think that but I do think that if Oklahoma does go out and beat Baylor, I think that's a better win than Utah beating Oregon. Really? Maybe, yeah. Okay, because for me, playing exactly on how you, you said the name value, right? I think mm-hmm. I think that could work the other way, which is Utah beating a name in Oregon, even though we know they're not Chip Kelly's Oregon, versus Oklahoma beating Baylor again. I could see that swinging in Utah's direction, too. Jeff, what do you think? Who was the better loss, USC or Kansas State? I would say it's really close because – the funny part is they're very different teams. Like Kansas State is this ground and pound kind of throwback, and then now USC is this pass happy air raid. I, I feel like USC 
talking about name, you know, that brand recognition is a, is a bigger win. But it's really close. I, I can lean either way, but I'll go with USC. And it's interesting, too, because it's a coach in his first year at Kansas State and, by all accounts, a coach in his last, <laughs> his last year at USC. Yeah, dead man walking. <laughs> It'll be interesting. Tonight is actually – or no, not tonight. We're recording this on Monday. So on Tuesday, they'll record the playoff stuff. I'll be interested. I think they're going to boost – I think they're going to boost Baylor way up after they handled Kansas – and I think that might also be the difference because they'll end up beating Oklahoma would end up beating the likely the sixth team or the no, no, no. Utah's probably fifth. Oklahoma's probably sixth. Baylor's probably seventh. So then beating the seventh team could help there. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. A few other notes. Virginia Tech, they lost the streak or Virginia beat the streak as it was. R.I.P. R.I.P. This game, statistically, and watching it, was pretty much, like, identical. Like, no team clearly had an edge. It was really weird. It was really fun to see Virginia hype about something. I know how much you hate Virginia, Kyle, but Bryce Perkins really kind of won the game for them early. Yeah. I hope that they can both keep playing at that level moving forward because it's just better for that rivalry, especially if they're trading wins. Yes, I... I it does make it more fun that UVA is putting out something that's, you know, passable, good. <laughs> like, like and there's been so many years where they've just been a, a trash, trash team that Virginia Tech used to just, just feed on them. Um, it's fun having having some sort of actual competitive game going on. But uh, yeah, I, I would rather see UVA lose and everything. So understandable. And I know we teased earlier this year that there was a possibility of a seven-way tie in the coastal. It didn't happen. But what did happen was with Virginia winning, and they'll go on to play Clemson. We'll pick that game here in a second. We've now had every team in the last seven years win the coastal division. <laughs> <laughs> Which oh, that's, that's absolutely that's awesome! Great. That's awesome. <laughs> Let's move real quick to a pick. Let's go Virginia at Clemson. This is the biggest spread of the weekend. Clemson are favored by 29 points Ooh. in the ACC championship game. Oh, boy. So pretty much almost 30 points is crazy, even though they're smoking everybody by 30 points. That's why I kind of have to go with it. I have to go with UV, with uh, Clemson covering. Not to mention it's, in, it's here in Charlotte where it's going to be a heavy Clemson fan base. Oh, it'll be a Clemson home game. Basically. Well, Charlottesville's not, they're not that far. They're definitely not as close as Clemson. Yeah, Clemson's like an hour and a half down the road. So Charlottesville's, what, four hours? So Yeah. I've got Virginia to cover. I think Clemson wins handedly, honestly, but I don't think it's by 29 points. I think Perkins is going to step up and not keep it close, but keep them at least within a few touchdowns. <laughs> you know, not keep them out of the four touchdown range. This just sounds like you just don't believe in Clemson, just like everybody else. Oh my okay, God. Dave. God, I hate it. I hate it <laughs> so much. <laughs> Jeff, who do you have covering? I'm, I'm with you. I think uh, Virginia keeps it to, I mean, it's going to be not close, but I still think it's under under that, so I'll go with them. You're feeding in to this this ridiculous notion that nobody believes in them, both of you. No one thought they could win 12 games. Definitely not anybody that voted for them at number one in the polls to start the season. So it should be sunny, and it's probably going to be 50 degrees. So yeah. 
Maybe. Great game. If it was a rainy game, I'd have Virginia maybe losing by just a couple touchdowns. But if it's sunny, it's going to be – it might be ugly. Hey, and for the people of Charlotte, it'll be the first time they see a quality football team in the Panther Stadium this year. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might be right. I'm trying to think of who else is playing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the Rams were here. But not quality football. The official Charlotte 49ers podcast, the Pod Option, would like to congratulate – the 49ers for their Bahama Bowl bid. Yes. Go get you some Will Healy. Go Club is in the building. So let's get to a few more notes and anything else that you guys have. We'll get to players of the week, and then we'll get straight to picks. Does sound good? Let's do it. Sure. Beautiful. Indiana finished with a winning record. I'm sorry, a winning Big Ten record, and has eight total wins for the first time since 1993. Jeff, where were you in 1993? Um... I was in the small town of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, running around. Yeah, I don't know what I was doing. Were you working in the steel mills yet? I think I was. They I was have cutting they have... my hands on glass every day. <laughs> they are big into child labor in, <laughs> so, in southwestern uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I lost yeah. half of your friends in a mine, an unfortunate mine incident. <laughs> Pretty big. They still have a bowl game to have one more win to get to nine win Deanna, which I think. Everybody on the internet wants to happen. I want to see it too. Yeah, I'm fine with it. One of the final game notes I have, I watched a lot, a lot of the Louisville-Kentucky game. And I mentioned to Kyle, because Jeff, you conveniently missed our pick show last week. I mentioned to him when he was picking opposite of you every play, he picked Kentucky to cover this game. And I said, did you know the quarterback situation? Because... They have a wide receiver now playing quarterback. And Lynn Bowden Jr. was one for two passing for four yards. <laughs> he had an insane game. And Kentucky scored. God, I don't even know the score because I don't have it pulled up. They ran for 517 yards. And they had 12.9 yards per rush. Jeez. They smashed Louisville. 13 yards, basically, per rush is absolutely insane. And every single time, because I had it on like second and third screen, and then every time I looked, Lynn Bowden Jr. was running with no one close to him. And I figured maybe this is something I want to see. This seems kind of special. Yeah, they won 45 to 13. And (laughs) unbelievable. I cannot wait for them to play a bowl game and just run it constantly. Maybe they can play Navy. There's no passing ever. That would be be the same bowl. (laughs) That'd be be, uh, the quickest bowl ever. The game would be over in no time. I want to go over Kentucky statistics real quick. So Lynn Bowden Jr. is the third leading passer for that team this year. He is the leading rusher this year. And he's also the leading receiver this year. A triple threat. Wow. Because once he <laughs> once he moved to quarterback, they threw the ball like seven times the next five games. And so he is the leading rusher, the leading receiver, and he's only like 300 yards short passing for being their leading passer. You better win the team MVP award. Yeah, Lynn Bowden Jr. I think is going to be special when he gets to the NFL because he is he is honestly insanely athletic. It's a lot of fun to watch. So what is he going to be? I mean, is he going to be a quarterback that we can He's he's going to be the uh, he's going to be the Joe Webb. He's going to be the new slash, bro. Do y'all have any other games that you want to just touch on before we get to our players of the game and then before we get on to our picks? Um, I just need to say that the prophecy held true. Oh. 
Syracuse beat Wake Forest, as I guaranteed weeks <laughs> ago in overtime. It was actually a pretty damn crazy game. Yeah, they it ended it ended on the strip fumble for a touchdown, correct? Yes, it did. Where Trill Williams, who's a senior, correct? That was he is his a last sophomore. game in the Dome. He's a sophomore. Yes. Just kidding. Cool. Well, we're just going to scratch that <laughs> one from the record. Still be his he last is... game. Nope, he's a true sophomore. <laughs> unless he unless he transfers. Transfer he may transfer, yeah. He decides he wants to get on a bowl team. Oh. You, sh- you shush. It's <laughs> always shush. next year. Jeff, anything from you? So I, I just have one thing I want to ask you guys. I watched a little bit of Iowa State losing to Kansas State, which kudos to Kansas State on a really good season. But Iowa State finished 7-5 and five again. Is this finally the time for Matt Campbell to go? I mean, it's this is basically where they've been the last three years. Like, is this is he going to get any better? Is it is it time for him to go? Like, what do you guys think? I think last year would have been his best season from a talent perspective because he's obviously got the coaching ability. Yeah. But when you've got, and I know Brees Hall showed up in the season, but when Brock Purdy, as Texas has found out, when you've got just kind of one. One really, really good player. And you can have like your Duvernies for Texas, but for Iowa State, it all relied on Brock Purdy too much. And that's not Matt Campbell's fault necessarily. You can only recruit so well. Short answer, I think he's gone. He's probably going to get a better job or he's going to go to the NFL and get a better job. Dallas Cowboys. I, I think that it's also one of those things that like, this might just be what, what Iowa State is. I mean, you've got some some pretty fun talent there, but I don't know how well you can recruit there. It's the middle of Iowa. It's And you're in a conference where you're battling Oklahoma and every team basically from Texas where there's just better talent. I, I just I kind of feel for Matt Campbell in that, in that sense. And I think he's done an admirable job there. I don't think that they get rid of him because I think that they fear what would happen without him. Yeah, I think someone takes them before they get rid of yeah. them, certainly. Yeah. It's a pretty and big just, buyout, though, isn't it? Uh, pro- uh, I wouldn't doubt it. I think he got an extension last year, didn't he? Yeah. I may be, I may be wrong. But, yeah, so his last three seasons, 7-5 and five this year, he finished 8-5 and five, uh, in 2018 and 8-5 and five in 2017. The last time Iowa State had seven wins was 2009. And then before that, it was 2005 with Dan McCarney. Kyle's probably got it nailed here. They won nine games in 2000. That's the closest they've come. That's actually the only time they've gotten over eight this millennium and maybe ever. I'm looking, I'm scrolling. That may be. I don't see a nine-win season except for, wow. You know what? I'm also looking in the... uh, in the wrong column, so fuck me. <laughs> yeah, I don't see nine. Nine is their most wins in program history. And that happened in 2000, where they won the Insight Bowl to get there. Ah, uh, uh, Insight.com. Yes. Now known as the, the Cheez-It Bowl. <laughs> Goodness. Oh, that brought us some glory last year. Yeah, they were led, they were led by Sage Rosenfels that year. Oh, oh wow. man! How's that for a name? Oh man, that's a perennial backup. <laughs> yeah. I do also. I, I want to give uh, a nod to 
one of our listeners, uh, Kyle from Texas, he actually brought up the same point you brought up, Kyle, about Oklahoma and the name recognition in the playoffs. I just forgot to mention that earlier. And then I also want to congratulate listener Doug as the Iowa kicker kicked the game-winning field goal against Nebraska. They kept Nebraska from going to a bowl on Scott Frost days of all days. And then he looked <laughs> at the Nebraska sideline, did the no soup for you finger wag, and then blew them a kiss. And it was truly, it was truly what college football is all about. Let's do our kickers. players of the week. We need more kickers doing throat slashes and blowing kisses. We really yes. do Florida International and <laughs> Iowa of all the places. They're basically the same program. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, who is your player of the game this week? Player of the week this week. Player of the game week this week <laughs> of week 14. The player of the week this game. Yeah, the player, the player that was in a game this last week that we're now talking about. I had to go with a guy you mentioned a bit earlier, Levi Lewis from Louisiana. Finished 270 yards and three touchdowns in their win. I'm really excited because I'm going to go watch. They're coming here to uh, play App this weekend for their conference championship, so we're going to go up Saturday. Are you going to the game? to watch that, yeah, my wife and I. Yes, sir. Do we need to get you press credentials? I don't know. I uh, think we have enough sway with the boosters, but we'll see. Okay, that's awesome. Yes, definitely we have enough sway with the boosters. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we are one and the same with those said boosters. <laughs> I'll, I'll go next. We are the boosters. Yeah, we happen to be all of the App State's boosters. Yeah, I'll My player of the game is actually a team. It's the North Central Cardinals out of Naperville, Illinois. They beat, in the Division Three playoffs, Mountain Union. Ooh. We all know Mount Union. They're Ooh. fantastic. They're always they're they're always winning. This is the earliest exit from the Division Three playoffs for Mount Union since 1994, back when Jeff was working in the Pittsburgh Mines as and like a seven year old. Yep. Kyle, who is your player of the week? Uh, this is self serving, but I'm going to go with good old Trill Williams. God, I knew brought, it. I knew it was going to be. Dude, he brought a smile to my face on my birthday. And, I mean, that strip fumble return was just wonderful. <laughs> he just it, it, was, it, out of it looked hands. effortless, honestly. It did. He just looked, very easily took it out of his hands and ran. It looked like the dude is trying to hand the ball off to Trill Williams. So we're going to get into picks. And the only thing I want to point out before we do these picks is our pick record from last week and also our preseason conference predictions and how we fared in those. So we guessed in our preseason prediction show every team for every division, right? So we picked the North and the South, the Pac-12, et cetera, et cetera. I picked eight out of 20 contestants correctly. Jeff picked nine out of 20 contestants correctly. And the visionary, Kyle Castle, picked 11 out of 20 picks correctly, including... Benveni. Including being the only person to have Ohio State and Wisconsin in the Big Ten title game because me and Jeff are idiots and picked Michigan. <laughs> and I picked Purdue for my, my West representative. The picks last week, Jeff, with such a big lead on picks, was exactly 18 games ahead of Kyle. Kyle was in last place. So Kyle took the bold strategy of picking everything opposite of Jeff. Fortunately, it kind of worked out. Unfortunately, it was only by one game that Kyle beat Jeff last week. 
Kyle was nine and eight. Jeff was eight and nine. You made me thinking, hey, you said there was 18 games. Well, thanks to the old Miss player that pretended to pee in the end zone, that game was a push, and we don't get any points for it. So thanks a lot, old Miss. And Matt Luke, I hope you find a find a home soon. I How se- bad would it have been if like I was 17 and 0 and Jeff was 0 and 17 and it was a push because of the dude p- pissing. And you just never make up that last pick. It's just constantly you're chasing it. <laughs> I get this weird hatred. Well, I finished 7 and 10 and I've had a bad last few weeks and so this has turned into not Jeff just running away with it which is certainly happening. He's 171 in the season. It's now Kyle catching up with me because I've been so (laughs) poor and Kyle's been so good. I'm 88 and 83. Kyle is 81 and 88. So he's within seven games of Kyle. (laughs) And we're going to go ahead and segue that right into our conference championship picks. And then there's two surprise picks at the end. Are we ready, gentlemen? Okay. Ooh, now that I know I'm this far behind Marty, I might have to switch my strategy. Well, here's here's one thing you should know. So the picks that we've already done, right, throughout the show, we all picked Ohio State to cover. But you picked Clemson to cover. I picked Virginia to cover in the ACC championship. So keep that in mind. There's one game there if you do decide to deploy the same strategy that you tried to catch Jeff with. Mm. Okay, so let's start with the Pac-12. It's a Friday game. We have Oregon and Utah, and Utah are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Kyle, are you going to make your pick last after I make mine? Is that what we're doing? Yep. Okay, cool. (laughs) I'll start then. This is going to be a really defensive game. I think it's going to be a struggle. So I think that – I think Utah is going to win, but I think it's going to be within six points. So I have Oregon to cover. Well, i got to ride my hot hand – well, it's not even my hot hand. I've been on the Utah juice all year. (laughs) The Mormon juice. Truly. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, so give me give me Utah to cover. Okay. And Jeff? I'll take Utah. I think they went by a touchdown, but that's all I need. Yeah, six and a half points is, is <laughs> not fun. But if Utah wins in overtime and they score just the six points, then it's really going to be... Syracuse won in overtime and they scored nine. We have the MAC Championship. Miami of Ohio at Central Michigan. Central Michigan's had a hell of a year. They are favorites, the Chippewas, by six and a half points. God. Another six and a half point spread. I've got Central Michigan to cover. They're killing us this week. Give me the fighting Ben Roethlisberger's. Miami of Ohio. Just to ruin Marty's day. Oh, six and a half. Let's go with Central Michigan. Oh, look at you. Okay, cool. I'm not not even going to mention any stats here. I'm riding the Jim McElwain train. Yeah, you know what? And he's going to end up at Colorado State or something. Just He's going to end up at Florida State. That actually would be a good hire for them again. Again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to end up there again. We're going to have Taggart back at USF. It's, <laughs> it's like, like 2007 all Time over is again. a flat circle. <laughs> <laughs> the game that Jeff mentioned he'll be at, Louisiana, goes to App State. App State are six-point favorites. Would we like to know how this game ended earlier this year. Yes. At Louisiana, App State won by 10 points. I've got App State to cover. So the App State's a six-point favorite? Yes. Committed to the bit. Give me Louisiana. They got 10 wins. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's the stupid reason. Hey, Jeff, are you going for, for your wife's alma mater? and picking the Mountaineers? I will. They beat Louisiana by 10 points the last two years. They'll make it three in a row. Let's do it. All right, we've got Baylor at Oklahoma. Oklahoma are nine and a half point favorites. The biggest question for this game, which Baylor are we going to get? That first half or the second half? For me, I think we're going to get that second half. I think Charlie Brewer is going to try to do it all himself again. They're going to have Denzel Mims probably for the entire game, which they didn't have the first time. That might have been the difference. I don't think it matters. CeeDee Lamb's going to be there, and Oklahoma's going to win by more than nine and a half points. I'm going to take Oklahoma in this one. Um, I just think that they're going to be out to now that that door is open to get into that final spot because I just don't know. I we know how I feel about the other game that would open up that fourth spot. I think that Oklahoma is going to be out to prove something. I'm going to go with Baylor. I'll be the contrarian today. Hmm. Easy when you're easy when you're like 12 points ahead of the next person. <laughs> just to, yeah, you're just playing with house money over here. I can just I can lose a hand or two. Let them think they got or twelve. Me. We have Hawaii at Boise State for the Mountain West Championship. Boise State are fifteen point favorites. This is also a repeat from earlier this season, and I'm going to go ahead and pull that up because I think it wasn't even that close. Like I thought it was going to be. I remember doing it, talking about it on the show. Yeah, I think I picked Hawaii, and I think that yeah, yeah, Boise State ran a thirty-point game. Yeah, yes, they beat them fifty-nine to thirty-seven last time. (laughs) They released uh, so collegefootballdata.com. They have a win probability post expectancy, right? Or post, I can't. The wording is not there, but basically, the chances if everything happened again, whether that team would win again. Say it, Kyle. Post Malone. That's not what I was trying to say. So. Boise State beat Colorado State, and they had a 10% win probability after that game, given how poor or how well Colorado State played. So I've got Hawaii covering, but Boise winning still. Wow, you're going to go back to that well. Give me give me Boise State to cover. Cole McDonald, brother. What was the spread? The spread is 15 points in, in Boise's favor. That's moving too much. Give me Hawaii. We've got... A rematch from last week, Cincinnati-Memphis for the American Athletic Conference. Are they playing in the same place? They're playing at Memphis again. <laughs> Memphis won by 10 last week. They are favored by 10 this week. Wow. <laughs> this game was really weird. Memphis looked like they were going to run away with it. And then Cincinnati really hunkered down and got not control of the game, but they, they slowed down Memphis a whole lot. I'm wondering if the Mike Norvell coaching rumors maybe potentially have him, you know, just a little bit distracted. Uh, And last week I said I think Cincinnati's better than their previous almost near losses showed them to be. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I think Memphis is going to fucking destroy them. And I'm going to force Kyle to pick Cincinnati now. (laughs) No, no, I'm not doing that. I'm going to take Memphis in this one. <laughs> I, t- I picked Cincinnati last week, and that didn't work out too well for yeah, me. You and I both, brother. No, you picked Memphis, and they covered. Is that what I did? I don't even remember yeah, what I did. Yeah, it was Jeff and I that got burnt. Good. I'm going to take Memphis, Memphis, too, because Norvell's going to come out at the end of the game and throw a flaming spear into the middle of the field. 
It's a bold <laughs> take. I'm really interested to see who they play in the Cotton Bowl. They're going to end up playing Georgia. I bet Ooh, that's going to that's going to that'll be fun. That'll be interesting, especially when Georgia says, oh, "You know, we really weren't there. We didn't want to be there, so we're, that's why we lost by 15." <laughs> yeah. Our heads just weren't in it. God, I fucking I hate it. I hate it. Speaking of coaches, we have UAB, Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic are seven and a half point favorites. That a boy Kiffin. Yeah, Kiffin, who we're again we're not going to talk about coaching hires because <laughs> a lot's got to pan out. But they have not played this year, actually, surprisingly hmm. enough. So I think I've got I think I'm gonna pick UAB to cover. Um I'm gonna say that they go out in a blaze of glory and Florida Atlantic gets the uh they cover. God, I thought you were going to say he was going to throw a flaming spear into the field, too, and that'd just be the fit for every... <laughs> just everybody... No, there's 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 symbolism with, with throwing a flaming spear. Instead of, the com- <laughs> instead of the conference trophies, it's just a flaming spear that each head coach gets to to javelin across to the 50-yard line. <laughs> and then everybody's like, is, is everybody going to Florida State? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a tough one, guys. Whenever Jeff, Jeff, whenever you're struggling to make a pick, I know when you are, uh, and you're not doing it currently, so maybe it'll help. Why don't you click your pin a few times? That was my best. <laughs> I just, I don't feel good. I think Kiffin's going to be distracted. Did you tap the desk? <laughs> <laughs> All right, give me uh, Florida Atlantic. Fuck it. There you go. Georgia, LSU. The SEC Championship, the LSU Tigers are six-point favorites. I've got LSU covering. Yep. So do I, because Georgia's got to start to think about how they're not going to be in it. (laughs) Jeff, are you thinking? I said I'm I'm taking uh, LSU, too. I'm sorry, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I completely. I, I no, it, it, it must. I just didn't hear it. Excellent. So let's do our two surprise games really quick. We have the FCS playoffs going on right now. We have the second team that I'm going to list is going to be the higher seed. Right, they were one of the top eight seeds that had a bye week. We have Kennesaw State at Weber State, and this is going to be a straight pick'em. I have Kennesaw State and their turnover plank of wood. So Weber State's the high, the higher seed, the one that's well, the actual seeded team. Correct. Okay. Um, I'm gonna play chalk in this and go Weber. I'll take Weber too. Okay, excellent. And we have Albany at Montana State. Montana State are the seeded team. Kyle, as you you refer to them, and this is gonna be a pick'em as well. I've got Montana State. I'm taking chalk on this one as well. Oh, it really goes against my blood to do, to pick anything Albany. <laughs> give me um give me Montana State. Montana State it is. And Jeff. Make that three Montana States. Excellent. So I'm the only one that's on Kennesaw State. That's alright. The owls Can will it? the owls are the all wise animal, so jokes on you guys. Kennesaw Mountain Landis State. <laughs> They're not the North Central Cardinals with the bold strategy of being two directions. <laughs> <laughs> They don't know where they are. Thank you guys for listening to the Super Show. 
at run pod option to get on Twitter, follow us, subscribe, tell your friends about us. Uh, we'd, we'd love to have more people listening to interact with us and have their voice heard on this, on this podcast too. Not actually heard, but we reading it and we can do fake voices. Kyle's really good at that. I did a really good Jeff impression last week. It was very good. It was, it was very accurate. I've done Coach O already. That's two. That's, that's true. Two really good impressions. They kind of sounded the same. <laughs> no, no, no. The Coach O one was very distinct. I did like the Jeff one. Didn't sound anything like Jeff. Coach O at least resembled Coach O in that it sounded like I had smacked, like smoked a pack of Newports before I said it. Cool. There's my dogs. They're also saying bye. Jeff and Kyle, oh, do you have anything else before you before we hang up here? No, I hope it beats you, and you can cry about it next week on the show. That's pretty rude. All right, Jeff, any other yep. parting thoughts? In Coach O fashion, I'm going to go crush a Red Bull and lay down, so everyone have a great night. Those are two really, really diametrically opposed <laughs> things. That's what you think. You don't know Coach O. <laughs> yeah, jokes on you, because I used to do robo... <laughs> we used to robo trip. <laughs> they, the they wouldn't lay down. They just like, It's like a night medicine. <laughs> and robo trip and run a marathon. Uh, guys, be responsible with your robo tripping and your Red Bulls, and have a great conference championship week. Bye bye. Hi everyone. Hi, my name is Joshua Tracy, and I am Corwin Heller, and we are the hosts of a statistics and sports podcast called Juicing the Numbers. We cover the NFL, college football, MLB, and the NHL with anything that we like to talk about in between. If you like sports and the numbers behind it, come check out our show, Juicing the Numbers, on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you find podcasts. Hit us up on Twitter at JuicingPOD.